This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. And welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast which focuses on playing more 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Petey Pob, and with me, I have the one and only Falcon. Kacha! It was a much better swoop this time. Apparently not that good. We lost him already. I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> here. God, Jesus. What, what do you expect from me? <laughs> uh, Mr. Ridvan from Scardcast. Ah, the dark kin. And the one, the only voice, Rishius Robbins. I don't have a cool intro like everybody else does. (laughs) You gotta work on it, man. Alright, for now, um, it will be the sound of silence until I can come up with something better. And now we've learned never put Reese on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually an intense stare. (laughs) <laughs> you can hear it anyways welcome to episode number 104 the super awesome duper tournament coverage episode the reason why i'm calling it that is because we have eight tournaments we're going to be talking about i was going to add a second kind of half attempt at a main topic um but when we have this many tournaments i feel like the episode kind of writes itself um so we're probably going to be talking about some meta analysis tournament news uh, we're definitely going to talk about some of the new releases and stuff that we're hyped for, uh, and then uh, tournament preparation. So if you were curious about 40k tournaments, you want to know kind of what the scene is, or you want to know what people are running, or, or if you just like 40k tournaments, this is the episode for you. Uh, I'm going to try and keep it loose, and we're just going to talk tournament 40k. It's going to be awesome. Keep it loose, baby. Hot. But before you do that, don't forget to check out In the Finest Hour, episode number 15, where Sean, Josh, and Shaylin talk about joining 40k teams and friendship and camaraderie, because that's what we really need in the 41st millennium. Negative. <laughs> J- joking aside, uh, they, they do talk about uh, joining teams uh, in the ITC, for example, uh, and how beneficial it can be for players um, who want to take their game up to the next level. It's a really good episode. Highly suggest you go to FrontlineGaming.org and check it out. Um, also, buy some stuff while you're there. Also, let's talk a little bit about some of the new things that are coming out, like the Assassins, which actually already came out. We, we've been out for two weeks, but we, we've had Assassins now for, for one tournament cycle, I guess. I don't know how many tournaments actually ran them or allowed them, um, but Assassins are out. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the new ITC beta rules, and then... Um, Shadow Spear looks amazing. I'll just talk about that right now. 
Yep. Guys, what do you think? Sexy Marines that do everything that the regular Marine line does, but better. For more points. Of course. But they just look so... I They had me at, at Primaris Marines with sniper rifles. Yeah. Yeah, just those saying. guys are gorgeous. The uh, dudes with the autocannons? Eh, I like them, they too. They look cool. Everyone's been kind of negative on them, but... I'm, I'm with Reese on this one. They look awesome. No, I don't. I don't have any other response. Well, the core—I mean, the core concept of like a rapid redeployment heavy weapon unit is cool. Like from a strategic level, yes. when you're playing the game, you don't want them to actually move. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that, just like um, and scourges. I just, they just look weird. Like I just wish they had. I almost wish they just had the same backpacks the Inceptors had. I think that would look better than the little grav shoots on their big old bodies. But, eh, you know what? You win some, you lose some. The hey, rest Reese, of that kit is beautiful. Scourges have assault weapons, I'll have you know. But they can take heavy weapons. Yes, which you just but don't. You just don't but you do just don't do. Which you just don't do. It does look like they don't have a ton of options, although obviously we don't have the box, so I can't confirm that. Um, but in general, primary Marines do have less options than their younger or i guess older actually older smaller counterparts uh what i'm really excited for is the the campaign um you've got this kind of cool like shadow spear strike force and they're going in there and, and assassinating and and being all special forcey and then you have like this chaos force where they're creating all these crazy demon engines and it's like factories and it's just it's just really cool uh, so i'm super hyped for all that yeah, also, i think oh, i think they're, they're knocking out of the park like just increasing the the storyline around the Vigilus sector, I think it's mm-hmm. really cool. It just adds and is really immersive to like that whole lore because we all love good lore. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and I do like that they're diversifying their characters a little bit. Like, for example, we have a scout, quote-unquote, librarian now, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, so that that's really cool. Can't wait to see, like, I don't know, a chaplain scout or... Uh, whatever they can come up with. A, Maybe re- a, reaver, a reaver chaplain would actually be really cool. Zealously, my friends. Like a, pri- a Primaris well. reaver, but a chaplain. GW, take notes. Well, the Primaris chaplain does exist, and it is friggin' badass already. So Yes, but a Primaris reaver, or a Primaris He's a, he's a stylish chap, that Primaris chaplain. I know, I just painted one, and I love him. So gorgeous. Too bad you, you don't use him, though. No, he, he will be on my shelf for all of eternity. Oh. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe that'll change with Vigilus. Maybe they'll have some hey, cool stuff for him. Maybe they will. I'll, I'm uh, I'm crossing fingers. I'm, we, never, we haven't talked about the Chaos side yet, for some reason. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm super hyped for the new Obliterators and Possessed. Uh, but more importantly, they're opening themselves up to design space to create mm-hmm. cool new things. For Chaos Space Marines, which which is by far the coolest. Um, I like I don't... the um, the new unified aesthetic. Like we saw it back in the Dark Vengeance box from like ages ago, where you yeah. had the Chaos Space Marines that had um, a look that was consistent with um, uh, the demonic, more demonic parts of it, like the Hell Drake and the um, I'm I'm just forgetting the name of the Dreadnought, the um, the Hellbrute. Hellbrute. Thank you. And the, you can see it now with the Obliterators, the new Chaos Space Marines. Like It's a really streamlined, unified uh, aesthetic between all the different units, and I think that that's awesome. Yeah, they're, they're moving away from the, we're spiky Space Marines look. Yeah. Uh, 
And I like that. I feel that you have to give them their own sort of, you know, they've they've expanded so much on the whole chaos side of things with the Horus Heresy series and the books. And, you know, it's really cool to have them sort of have that fleshed out look as well as lore, you know, as much as the Imperial side does have as well. Yeah. Also, these guys have been in the warp for 10,000 years. They're going to look different. Like, well, some of them, cool. some of them have been in the warp been for 10, like five some of, years. Some of them. Five, five years. <laughs> That's so, still a lot longer than I would want to be in the warp. That's yes. true. The warp works in weird ways. Uh, another announcement. Bonus episode is now out. I've been teasing it for weeks now. It's finally out. It's on FrontlineGaming.org. Or uh, if you want to go to Libsyn iTunes, check that out. Uh, we talk about our LVO experience with Mike Snyder, Brandon Grant, and Jeff and Control Robinson. Jeff drops a huge bombshell on people. So check that out. Um, and... I think it's it's gonna be a really cool episode. A lot of people really liked it, and the patrons got access to it early, and they loved it. So check that out. And also, if you want to sign up for the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash chapter tactics. Uh, I'm going to be giving away a Forge World Sanguinous, mo- sanguinous model oh, thank you. Uh, in about one minute, as soon as I'm done uh, talking about the Patreon. Uh, so if you want to sign up for there, you get access to early episodes. You get to ask questions. And then we will answer them at the end of episodes. Uh, you get to talk to me. You get to support the podcast. All sorts of good stuff. Also, every month I'm going to be giving out uh, something to patrons. This month I haven't decided yet. I'm eyeing a few things in the secondhand store that that I think I might purchase with this month's Patreon paycheck. Um, I think you guys might like it, but I don't know exactly yet what it's going to be. So, let's go ahead and give away this Forge World Sanguinius model. Ooh, get excited. Oh, I hope I win it. <laughs> well, you didn't sign up for Patreon, Peter. What? You, uh. <laughs> you, uh-uh. Reese, didn't, <laughs> Reese uh-uh. didn't sign up either. <laughs> yeah, that's because I'm broke. Oh, fair enough. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I support you in spirit, Pablo. That, that counts for more than anything. All right. So I have here a master list of all the patrons who are active and did pay this month. Uh, for those of you who don't know how Patreon works... Uh, I have it set up so that it's going to bill you at the first of every month. Um, so you have until that time to settle payment, uh, payment plans and options and all that to to officially qualify for a giveaway, essentially. Uh, and so I removed everyone who who has not paid or, or maybe they opted out or whatever. And then this is only for active patrons. But the winner of the Forge World Sanguinius Special Edition, Limited Edition model that I got at the Las Vegas Open is... Drumroll Effect. I rolled a one. That means I that rolled the one. Is it a critical miss? It is. Uh, no, it is. Um, Nobody gets it. <laughs> uh, Mr. Adam Berg. Hooray! Congratulations, Congratulations, Adam. Mr. Adam. Go ahead and message me, frontlinegamingpdpop at gmail.com. Or if you're in the, the Facebook group, you can t- message me on Facebook um, so we can talk about getting you that awesome Sanguinius model. Congratulations, Adam. And then I will announce the new models next week on the next Chapter Tactics. You have six minutes after this gets posted. <laughs> Otherwise, it goes to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, let's go ahead and talk about some tournament coverage. Uh, to briefly recap, there are eight tournaments that we're going to be talking about. Seven of them are on Best Coast Pairings. So if you want to load up your Best Coast Pairings app, not while you're driving, please. Uh, but if you're sitting down painting you want to load up and follow along with us uh, we will 
save the tournament in the beginning so you can search it up real quick on BCP. And if you have a BCP subscription, you can look at all the lists for it. Uh, so we're going to talk about eight tournaments. Seven of them are on BCP. The Dark Millennium in Scotland was not on Best Coast Pairings. That's okay. They're Scottish. We forgive them. Yeah, they used Journey Keeper for it. So they're their crazy version of, of BCP. All right, so um, let's go ahead and talk about the largest one, the Games of Westeros 6 Major in Sweden. Uh, they run this, these guys run this all the time. Like, uh, Sweden is actually one of the most, there's more ITC events there than in most other European countries besides the UK. Yes, I believe between nice. the Westeros Gaming Club and Malmo Gaming Club, they run a major like every two months. I want to say it's every two months. Yeah, the Swedes have a, the Swedes have a huge 40k scene. Um, and the, the uh, Denmark, uh, Norway, uh, even in Finland too, like they're they're really active um, uh, in the competitive 40k. So the and the other cool thing is, is they really they really um kind of stick with the ITC and they've they've been doing that for a while, right? So before when the ITC just started. Um, there were a lot of communities that hadn't quite adopted like the ITC missions, or and you don't have to have ITC mission or have ITC missions at your event to be an ITC event. Um, but there was a lot of people who just you know hadn't jumped on the ITC bandwagon yet. Um, but pretty much since like year two, they they've been running tournaments, right? I want to say Reese. I feel like they've been yeah. our oldest supporters in Europe. Yeah, the the Swedes were the first, and um, it took a little bit longer to to kind of like. Uh, become more prevalent in other countries but the uk like the the nordic countries did it first and then it went to uk and now we have a bunch of uh, german event organizers that are getting into it they translated it the itc rules into german uh, in the czech republic uh, we just had a trans some uh, group that translated it into czech and i, I actually just got um, a russian group reached out and they're curious to start kind of dabbling with it so that's cool. Uh, it's cool, man. It's cool to see how much it's uh, kind of really taken root. Yep. Uh, so the Games of Westeros GT was uh, won by Carl Abra Abrahamson uh, with Gene Steeler Colt, which is which is Ooh. expected, nice. kind of, I think, at this point. Um, they're super good. Uh, Peter, do you have his list ready to go? Uh, give me two seconds. One thing I will say about Carl is that I know from talking to a couple people in uh, from uh, Westeros or the Westeros Gaming Club, um, he is considered one of, if not their top player. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he could take an army that he hasn't been playing and uh, and win the big. You know, and I really, uh, you know, listening to your bonus episode, uh, Pablo, um, talking about Gene Seer Cult, you know, one of the topics you were talking about was how. Um, Gene Seacult have like a uh, like a, a low a low floor and a high ceiling. Like it's very easy to do very bad with them if you don't know what you're doing, and it's uh, but it's also gives you an opportunity to do very well with them if you're a competent player. For sure, I think it's a lot like Yanari in that respect. Yeah. But even but even more, uh, if you're a good player with Yanari, you're going to be the it's the best army in the game right now. But if you're not. Um, you're not going to do that. And I think Gene Stiller Colt takes that and, and multiplies it. Because um, we had a Gene Stiller Colt player at, at the GT I was at last weekend that went 0-5. Um, and he was just saying like how hard it was to play it correctly. So yeah. the list. Are we ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, Carl brought a Rusted Claw Brigade, 
with the Deliverance Brood Surge um, Specialist Detachment. He had an Abominant, an Icon Ward, a Patriarch, and a Primus for uh, HQs. 20 Acolyte Hybrids with uh, five rocks, or sorry, four Roxas. Um, another squad of 20 Acolyte Hybrids, all with Hand Flamers. A squad of 15 Acolyte Hybrids with uh, nothing going on. And then uh, it looks like three or two 20 man squads of Neophytes and a 14 man squad of Neophytes. He then took a five man uh, Aberrant squad with uh, Power Picks, a Clamavis, a Kellermorph, a Nexus. Uh, five jackals, all with uh, demolition charges. Two armored sentinels and uh, three mortar te- uh, brood brothers mortar teams. He then had a uh, gene stealer cult mixed battalion with a cult of the four armed emperor Magus to give him access to the stratagem. A rusted claw patriarch and uh, three brood brothers um, infantry squads. That's a pretty. Pretty standard gene stealer cult. I, I don't. I don't Quite even know mouthful. what standard gene stealer cult. Yeah, there's a lot there. Well, right now, but I've I've been seeing with uh with what I've been following since gene stealer cults come out. Initially, a lot of people were uh, all in on four armed emperor, but I think after the FAQ, um, it's more that people are considering just dabbling. I've seen a lot of really good results coming out of rusted claw, the plus one to save and, um. Oh, my brain's uh, left me now. Someone help. Plus one to hit and wound, I think, or something like that, right? Yeah, with the bikes, I believe. But, yeah. And with, so with the demolition charges, that does work. Because uh, you can pop the strat so that they chuck all of them in one go. Right. And the same thing with the 20, or the hand flamers. Yeah. Yeah. You just appear right in front of somebody and nuke their screen. Yep. Kernuked. Yeah, the, um, I find that Genius Duo Cult right now really... Uh, based around their uh, their use of characters, the proper use of using the right characters at the right time, and I feel that um, uh, actually something that uh, Dustin did uh, winning the 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 Berry Bash, which was uh, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, he actually ran a lot of summoning points for Genes the Occult to then summon the characters that he needed depending on the matchups. Mm-hmm. I like that. Summoning is a really, really underused mechanic. It's so flexible. Um, Steve Pamperine was doing extremely well with like a summoning army. You just you don't see that many people do it. Yeah, and I think a lot of that goes to um, like the different rulings on summoning, depending on who you're, where you're playing, because there are some TOs that don't allow it turn one or after turn three, um, and so that I think uh, that limitation for some people is too much. So. You can absolutely do it on turn one. Is oh, that... I know. But there are definitely tournaments where they have ruled the the, the opposite. They've oh, well, them. if anybody's listening, I asked the person that wrote the rule and <laughs> said directly, yes, it's not reserves. You can do it on turn one. So take that one to the bank. I think summoning is hard simply because somebody who wants to summon needs to know exactly, like, you just need to have a whole bunch of information in your brain. You have to kind of know exactly what you need to use at a certain time and what the best unit is for the job at any specific time. And uh, that can be hard for people. You know, you kind of have to have all these extra models with you and you have to do math, like calculating what points you used and didn't and stuff like that. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here when it comes to something. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good point. It, it it that flexibility comes at a price, and that's you know brain power and 
<clears throat> being able to know exactly what you need to do at the right time. So it, it is definitely more complex. Um, so also at the tournament, there were two other people that went undefeated. Um, Oscar Lemming ran, running uh, Drew Curry. So he had a Ally Talk, Ally Talk Battalion uh, with just like minimum three Rangers, uh, Warlock and a Farseer Skyrunner and a Hemlock Wraithfighter. He then did the kind of, I would call the, the standard Prophets of Flesh, Homunculus, Urian, uh, minimum racks, and then uh, 14 grotesques by the looks of things here. And uh, then he had a Cabal of the Black Heart detachment uh, with an Archon, three Ravagers, and a Razor Wing. And uh, he also went 5-0 and at the tournament. Um, and Johan Nikolaisen, uh, forgive me for that last name, I'm quite sure that's incorrect, uh, <laughs> went 3-0-2 uh, with Imperial Knights. He came in fourth place, actually. Um, he had Pask and two company commanders. Uh, three infantry squads, a commissar, three mortar teams, and then he brought a castellan, a crusader, and a gallant. All house crast. That's a solid combo. House crast is becoming more and more popular. For yeah, sure. especially with that uh, crusader. And then uh, the other one we should mention who came in third, uh, Thomas uh, Christensen, who also was best Necrons at um, LVO, uh, went 4-1 uh, and one with his Necrons. He was actually top table. Um, at this event as well. And I believe he's running a similar list to what he brought to LVO. Necrons. I'm pretty sure it's exactly the same. Yeah. You know, I know I know a lot of, pun, not pundit, a lot of uh, 